Season 1 of Frontline Magic Podcast has been completed, with handheld episodes from companies like Disney, Marriott Hotel, Greenpal, Edge Pest Control, Jim's Group, and some other amazing businesses making frontline work awesome. Each episode has been focusing on the seven habits of empowering frontline teams. If you want to find out more about those habits, visit frontlinemagic.org and you can get your playbook for free. Suzanne Exerson, and now it's time to listen to the best and brightest brands from season one on their tips on how they operate and drive success at the front line. Let's start where we ended with the last episode, where I spoke to Dan, who spent his whole working career for Disney. He shares the four keys that drives Disney's success and align a team of 74,000 people to deliver magic every day. Let's hear why the fourth key Efficiency is put as the last and fourth most important key to ensure they deliver great customer experience. When you're in the hospitality business, people don't like waiting. So you have to do everything in a very efficient way. But we've chosen to push efficiency to the bottom. It's the fourth most important key because most people go really fast. And when you go fast, you're usually unsafe. When you're going fast, you don't slow down to talk to people. You don't slow down to be nice to them and have those conversations. And if you're going fast, you're not thinking about the show you're putting on. So we put that number four. And so every day, the employees, the vice presidents, all the way to the frontline employees, they think about that when they're making a decision. And so it helps guide people's behaviors and it helps 74,000 employees make very similar decisions because we're all working and aligned with the, the points that we think about. It is easy to get caught up in the speed of everything. And in episode four, Lucy Gain from Hotel Montreal also talks about the importance of slowing things down to see the opportunities that might occur in front of you to make a difference in a customer experience. We get caught up in the pace of everything and all the things we've got to do in the day. One key advice would be stop and just take a minute to listen to Ask these people how they're going. How's their day going? What are they doing? What are they doing while they're here? And just chat to them genuinely and, and just take it all in. And then think, okay, well, how can I better them? What can I do to impact their staff? And just one little thing to surprise them with is all it takes. Do you remember episode number three? This is actually our most listened episode. It's with Mitch Smith from Edge Pest Control. And he got 35 years of experience from frontline service. Mitch shared what might seem to be an unlimited amount of nuggets of wisdom. They are simple enough to start applying today so that all of us can move further away from selfish to selfless in our leadership style. If there is one thing Mitch knows really well, it's how to empower the frontline. Remember who owns the brand. It's the front line. So you better treat them well, love them and respect them enough to make them first. Because if I take care of you, I don't have to worry about me and the organization. Chances are that someone at the front line has a perfect solution to the customer problem that you've been whiteboarding all along in the boardroom all afternoon. In episode number eight, Vadim Schneiner from Countdown 
talks about the importance of having a customer-centered mindset and what it means to put customer first and how you best deliver customer feedback to your staff in the format that is easy to digest and act upon immediately. I think what is really important is that the customer is at the forefront. When you start any conversation, that you first evaluate customer metrics before you evaluate, for instance, sales metrics or any of the business metrics. You always start by giving a couple of examples of a good customer experience that you would have either personally experienced or that you, that that your customer feedback system would have generated, and a negative one, and have a brief conversation as to why was the, what what did we do that actually ended up to be particularly good, and what has led to the fact that this one was a negative experience. Vadim also talks about the importance of great customer experience and how that is depending on the leadership in the organization. I think a lot of it depends on the leadership. So in other words, if, if the leadership organization pushes um, the customer and pushes the customer experience as a number one, that's when you get the buy-in. Put simply, a great customer experience is one that matches the customer expectation. Your service promise tells customer what they can expect. More importantly, it tells your frontline workers precisely what an awesome experience should look like. Fran from Casey Clinic knows that the expectations of the customers is constantly changing, so therefore they need to make sure they are setting service standards that lives up to their expectations too. The expectation of the consumer and the customer is it's no longer okay to just deliver what used to be world-class customer Mm. service I think is just a given now it's all of the intangible touch points along the way we map out the customer journey so we know right from before a customer enters our clinic what are some of the emotional barriers that we need to overcome to help that customer feel okay to actually come into the appointment into the clinic for their first appointment and it's right down to the level of training in terms of what's said on the first customer phone call What sort of tone and inflection do you put in your voice? How do we create those connections immediately to say, oh, friend's looking forward to seeing you on Thursday at two o'clock in the clinic. And so that we're we're creating those emotional connections already. An open secret known by all of humanity of thousands of years is that there is a tremendous power in achieving small success every day. This is how we start the motivation of delivering on your customer promise. Adrian Svinska had many years of experience from helping leading brands delivering a great customer experience. In episode number two, Adrian shared a story about how the secrets to great customer experience might not sit in the unknown future, but in the here and now. A long story short, I went to an event. The MC came to me first on the panel and he said, look, look, I was actually to transport yourself five years into the future and tell me what you in terms of customer experience. But anyway, something popped into my head head, and I said, look, I think we'll be excited about the possibilities that the future holds for us, but we will be frustrated at the progress that we've made. I think that's almost like a constant state of generally of not everybody, but people that are sitting the average or they're in the, kind of the main body, they're in the pack. Because actually the best people, the people that lead, and, and this includes many of the people that, that, that I've, I've had a, the, the pleasure of working with in whatever form that is, is that they know that looking to the future and future changes in technology and different ways of working and stuff is really important. 
that it's completely immaterial if you don't get what's happening here and now right. The truth of the matter is the future, or your future, is always built in the present. And the kind of people that really do things well realize that actually being brilliant in the here and now and consistently brilliant in the here and now is just as important as being on top of technological trends and doing kind of new and different and interesting kind of things. But most people get caught up and they forget about the here and now. But actually, it's only here and now with which our customers spend our money. When you're focusing on improving one thing every day over time, you set up for success. Jim Penman, who was my guest in episode number seven, has built a lawn mowing imperium, and he shares what has been the key to his success. Because the key to business is it's not so much doing something, it's working out how to do it better. So every day in my life, every day, I'm asking myself that question, how can you do it better? It's never boring. It's always challenging. It's always interesting. Episode number six is also one of the top performing podcast episodes. In this episode, we're featuring Brian Clayton from Greenpole. He talks about the importance of aligning company goals with the personal goals to drive business success. The core principle here is to catching people while they're doing things right. You have to align the incentives to make it to where they want to do a good job uh, because they want to do it. And that's really what leadership is, guiding people to do things for the benefit of the company because they want to do it. And one way I did that in that business was to, to, to incentivize them. If we kept this many customers on a monthly basis, we would all get a bonus. If we uh, hit our numbers every day in terms of production, they would share in the profit. And so really taking the time to think high leverage and develop those incentive plans to, to where people want to do a good job because they want to do it. In the first episode of Frontline Magic Podcast, I caught up with Lisa McQueen from CleanCorp, and she shared many great stories from the front line. Let's listen to this story in particular that is such a great example of how you in one simple way can connect the front line to the bottom line. I love this story that Lisa shares with us. And if you want to see an example of the clean card that she's talking about, visit frontlinemedic.org and you see an example there that you can implement in your organization tomorrow. A few years ago, we had a situation where we brought on a lot of new work, but out the back, we were losing we were losing jobs. So, so the clients, the information I got back from them, it didn't really give me that much data. So then I went to the, the our cleaning operatives, and I essentially just asked them how they were doing. Tell me about some of the challenges. And what they came back to me with was that they never, because they're, they're working in, you know, often outside of regular work hours, mm. they, they, they never felt like they were part of a team. And when they were working in an office, you know, and this is a true story, we had one office that we were, that we were um, cleaning. It was five days a week here in Sydney, and it was 400 desks. And, and I remember we lost that job because the cleaner on one or two occasions had missed one or two bins. Mm. And the fact was that, you know, with 400 bins, sometimes that can happen. So 
we went to the we spoke to the cleaners and and realized that there was a, an actual disconnect between the customer and between the cleaner because they didn't know each other their paths didn't really cross during during the work day mm-hmm. so it was very easy for a customer to, to go oh my gosh there was a, a disconnection and the clients didn't understand that 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 cleaner that they just fired actually had a family, actually was a person. So so what we started to look at was how can we improve those interactions? And we came up with a very simple method and we called it our cleaner card. So we designed a like a you know a proper card and on the on the front of the card was a photo of the, the cleaner for that site. And we said to the cleaner, send us a photo of you just in your daily life. You don't have to be wearing the clean corp uniform, just doing what makes you happy. Mm. So we got photos of them having picnics or at the snow or at a football game, whatever. And then we said, tell us three things about you that we can share. And so we created these cards and and the 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 design was to it looked like it should go on a cork board. And what happened was that's exactly what people did. So all of a sudden, they knew that their cleaner's name was, you know, David, and that he had two kids, and he he went for, you know, a certain football team, and on the weekends, what he loved doing was having a picnic with the family, you know, things like that. So we we were able to bridge the gap, and the loss, like our, our retention rate, went up. So we were keeping more jobs. And the cleaners on the site were reporting back to us that all of a sudden people would, if they saw them, they go, oh, hey, David. Like all of a sudden they became a part of the, that team. So it was honestly, I think it's the thing that I am the most proud of. Out of every single achievement that we've had with this business, mm. that one changed people's lives and, that's, it's, and we're still doing it today. In the same episode, Lisa also shared this example on how they deliver feedback to their staff. Another great example that you can implement in your business tomorrow. And it doesn't cost you anything, really. If we get some lovely feedback from a customer on on their cleaner, the first thing that happens after that is that I'll write them a card. That would be that that's the first thing I do. And then we normally will put in, you know, a hundred dollar gift voucher and send that to their home so that their family can see how well they're doing at work and their family can, you know, they can be, by extension, they can be part of that celebration as well. What do you do to ensure your customer remember the experience they had with you? I think there's a lot we can learn from the hotel industry. So let's go back to episode number four with Lucy from Hotel Montreal where she shares the importance of evolving all senses to ensure their customer remember the experience they had with them. She also talks about the importance of leveraging your network and look outside of the box when it comes to delivering a memorable experience. We had our own personalized scent so that people remembered us. When we would go and grab their car for them and bring it around the front, we would do a small spray in the car that made them remember us. We had all these little things that we did. That's just one example. But we, for us to create experiences, we relied on the people around us because that's what their skill was. So it's about who you knew in Queenstown. And we knew some incredible people. 
And so we would call upon them and say, hey, we've got this client, but not just like any other trip that you've done. What can we do to make it different? And everyone would get on board from fly fishing to going up with over-the-top helicopters and having the Shackleton's whiskey. And it was just, there's so many unique experiences that we could put a little twist on. Let's listen to another hotelier, Charles Ryan Minton from Marriott Hotels. And he was the guest in episode number five. Ryan wrote a book. That's how passionate he is about delivering a great customer experience. And the title of the book is Thanks for Coming In Today. In this episode, he shares a very personal story behind the title of the book and how this phrase has been part of his daily habits pretty much his whole career. Also a great example that you can implement today to empower your people to make frontline work awesome. Thanks for coming in today. There's actually a story behind that title that I open up this, the book with. And it really what it is, is when I had my very first hotel job, I worked at a front desk of a Marriott and I was the front office manager. And I was really fortunate. I had this incredible team. There was all of these customer service rock stars on our front desk. And there was one young man on that team that just really stood out and his name was Jason. And at the time, Jason was studying hospitality at a local university. He wanted to be a general manager of a hotel. He would come into work every day with this just incredible amount of energy, like so much excitement to come to work. It was like almost you couldn't contain him, that that level of excitement. And I joke all the time that I'm convinced that that Jason was in the parking lot just chugging Red Bulls before he would come in <laughs> um, because that's how much energy he had. But it was super contagious. But one of the things that he would do is he would come in to the hotel. He'd seek me out wherever I was. And he would give me this really gripping handshake. And he'd say, Ryan, thanks for coming in today. And you know, it was really funny because obviously I'm his manager. I really should be thanking him for coming in. But he would thank me. And he would do this with everyone. He would do it with his coworkers. He would see a housekeeper in the back of the house and, hey, thanks for coming in today. He didn't even necessarily know them, but he would thank them. And it was very endearing. It was funny. But Jason was really awesome at what he did. And so as I moved up in my career and went on to a different hotel, I had the opportunity to hire Jason as my front office manager as he moved up his career. It wasn't long after I had hired Jason to be our front office manager that I received a phone call in the middle of the night that Jason had been killed in a car accident. And uh, it, it was crushing. Uh-huh. Yeah, that must have been so. It was hard. And I remember immediately <clears throat> hanging up the call and thinking how much I was going to miss Jason saying thanks for coming in today. And mm-hmm. what I realized was even though it was funny, when he would say thanks for coming in today, it made me feel like I mattered. And I wanted other people to feel that way. I want other people to feel like they matter. Let's go back to the episode with Mitch Smith from Edge Pest Control. Mitch knows how to empower his frontline teams. Early on in his career, Mitch learned a really valuable lesson that transformed his leadership style. Now, Mitch leads from a love-based approach and strongly believes in empowering his frontline teams to deliver business success. He also believes in catching people doing things right and really reinforce that behavior to come up with creative solutions and ideas on things that could have been solved in a different way. 
And so sometimes you just got to give your people the freedom to get creative and take action. I challenge them. What would the customer want and appreciate and value if you did it? And sometimes that costs us a little money to fix problems that we don't pass on to the customer. So I think freedom and the empowerment to, to take care of a situation, regardless of whether it fits into our recipe or not, is super important. The only thing I ask is that when you get in that situation is that you post it so that we can all learn from it. Take pictures of it, show us the situation. How did you solve it? If, if one of our leaders or myself can mentor you in a way to better resolve that, then we'll do that offline and we'll help you learn and grow from it. But you can't get criticized or, or made to feel like you made a bad decision publicly. It's really gotta be done through that kind of that outward love-based approach that, hey, I wanna help you get better. Thank you for feeling empowered to go fix that. Let me give you some suggestions on how you could do that in the future that might be more effective or more helpful. I, I think people have to be able to make their own decisions and they got to be safe. They got to feel safe doing that if, if you really want them to do that. You might not be surprised that Disney deliver feedback by the art of storytelling to recognize people and learn from the mistakes and build a stronger culture. Let's listen to what Dan had to say when he talks about the power of storytelling. The, the big thing at Disney is storytelling. You know, I think that's the way we maintain that. We're always starting meetings. We're always telling stories about something someone did. Sometimes the story is about a mistake someone made and, and what the consequence was. Now, we don't say their name, but we, you know, we tell the story so people can learn from that. And often we'll tell a story about a specific employee who did something. It's a way to recognize, but you tell the story to everybody. Everyone hears the story. The person who did it gets recognized and everyone else thinks, how am I going to do that in the future? I didn't know we're allowed to do that. I'm going to try to copy that behavior. And that's how you build culture over time. So many good insights and so many good advice. 10 episodes in 20 minutes. If you want to learn more about the seven habits and how to empower a frontline team, please visit frontlinemedic.org to download your handbook for free. You can also sign up to your newsletter so you don't miss out on any tools, frameworks, or new podcast episode. You get them delivered once a month to your inbox. Thanks again for listening to Frontline Media Podcast. My name is Susanne Axelsson, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this season. So feel free to reach out to me either by email, susanne at frontlinemagic.org, or you can contact me on LinkedIn by searching for Susanne Axelsson. I am curious to know who you would like to hear on season two. And thanks for listening to Frontline Magic Podcast brought to you by Ask Nicely.